Hello, and welcome to the media ministry of Living Word Church in Roberts, Illinois. Today, Pastor Douglas Lee shares truth from the Word of God that will inspire and motivate you. We pray that as you listen to this message, your ears will be open to hear and your heart to receive all that God has for you. Join us now as we journey together through God's Word. Get it right. Well, good morning, everybody, as you're seated. Excited to move on into the Word this morning. We're teaching a series, and today we're illustrating it. If you wonder what the Lego toys are about, you'll find out in a little while. But uh, many things that we live with every day are named from Greek words, even Hebrew words in the Bible, what things mean that we just take for granted, like Legos. Lego comes from a Greek word, the same Greek word that logos, God's written word, comes from. That same word, logos, the root word, uh, starts with an E, but in the middle it's logo, and it ends in mei, which means uh, it's an action word. Recognize as we study God's word, we have two dynamics that describe God's word. One is a rhema word. That would be a word that when I'm teaching along, something dawns on you, that it's for you. You go, that affects me, that applies to my life, or God is speaking that over me. The fact that it is revealed to you is a specific word God is relating to you for you to have faith to receive from him. Then there's the logos word of God's word, which is the entirety of scripture that describes to us who God is and how he does things, how he wants to interact with us as a whole. Now, here, when you, you, you come to hear a message, you should be able to comprehend both because the Holy Spirit is our teacher, where there are moments you are hearing something that is for you, but there are moments you are hearing something that is for God. Why would God send us a message, the entirety of the Bible, that is for him, except that we're to serve him. Our life was authored by him. He wants to be in on how we live our lives. He has a purpose that is beyond our understanding unless we start to learn what his word says he is. How can we interact with a person, God, the spirit of God, who's a spirit being, how can we interact with him except we learn about him? Because he's looking for specific ways he wants to interact with us. God's word says, and in fact, it's, there's layers and layers of truth that we're going to try to bring in a short message today or the time that we have, that likens you and me to a Lego. We are a living, breathing person that is God's building block to illustrate the goodness of God and the kingdom of God while we're here. Now, we can be a pretty diverse part when it comes down to it. When, when kids build with Legos, they can make a lot of different things, and we're going to have them start to do that in just a minute. We're going to have some, some kids come. Pastor Josh, you can come and get them out, strew them out. and uh, I'll, I'll let you call for the specific volunteers, but... That's kind of what the kingdom of God looks like without any vision. A lot of people, they're together, 
They have no idea why they're together. They're not thinking about why they're together. They're, they're building blocks. But the building blocks become animated by a vision that is proclaimed. So the building block without the overview of God's word doesn't become anything. It really can't become anything without somebody having vision to make something of all the pieces. So depending on what the vision is and who's carrying the vision and how faithful they are to the vision and how much participation there is to the vision, that pile of rubble can become any number of amazing things depending on who it is that's building. But we have a God that is over all the builders who's the master builder. The master builder likes to tell those who would build what he wants built because he knows in every generation what the kingdom of God needs to be to the people who live at that time to bring them into the kingdom. The gospel is enticing. Our relationship with Jesus is meant to be enticing. It's very difficult for any individual to represent all of Jesus very well. We are meant to come together as a collective to do that. We're meant to come together in a, a vision that God is equipping by bringing people together to take action to not just become a building but to become a living entity, the, 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 the body of Christ that the Holy Spirit breathes life into for that generation. Not just to preach a message. More important than preaching the message, to interpret that message and say, how does that affect me? How do I fit into what God is doing right now so that I am really in action for the kingdom? Without that, we experience kind of a, a traumatic relationship with the church where we never exactly fit. We, never, we figure out why do we not feel fulfilled or not feel like we're being fed. It's because we haven't found a fit. You can't receive what the body of Christ has to give you without becoming a part of the body. You'll lack the nourishment that you need as an individual block. You get something from everybody else. Why? God made us to be fitly joined together is what the New Testament teaches as his church. So without there being any animation there, there's a pile. Now, do, do we have our three, three volunteers of a certain age? I'll let you interact. Josh, Josh, get up, and he's, he's going to bring about three. Now, we're, we're not sexist here, but likely this is going to be three little boys, okay? It's just likely. We'll, we'll do girl illustrations some, someday, too, but this is sort of, I, I don't know, it's sort of a guy thing to me. Is that okay? Yeah, you can do one more. You do whatever you want. Now, these guys just, uh, without killing each other in competition, just the stuff down here. Don't touch any of the masterpieces. They're done. You build whatever you want to while I'm talking. You just sit there and work away at it. See, they're each individually coming to be a part. We got more masterpieces. Very cool. Bring them on. Interaction. Kids are going to illustrate God's word. Who would have thought kids can demonstrate God's will, but they're going to. Why? They're, they're going to look at that pile. Some of them are going to color coordinate. Others are not. They're just going to build fast and quick, whatever they can put together. But they're each going to have an idea 
to build something. And they're going to begin building and we're going to let them and you're not going to be totally distracted by what they're doing when I keep talking. I'll let you get used to the idea that there's something going on on the platform. Uh, the, the deal would be let them build for a while, then we'll have a look. See, They, they know they're going to have limited time, so you can see... Uh, uh, the older ones are being more aggressive about which pieces to pull out of their first one. They've got something in mind they want to build. Understand how the hand of God builds something. He doesn't wait to hover over a rubble pile. He empowers a few people who will reach into the pile and try to bring the blocks together. That's how church is meant to work. Some people are geared that way. They're meant to bring other people together to get a job done. Some of them will build, you know, something that's maybe freestanding, but some of them might build something that moves. They're probably looking for wheels and motors and things that may not be in that box. I don't know if they're in there or not. Why? They're, they're thinking, what can I make that is cool that's going to do something when it's done? God is all about that. Now, we're going to talk about how you are his building block that is meant to experience becoming God's masterpiece. You'll never achieve that by yourself. We can't become ultimately what God created us to be until we join our action parts with other people's action parts. People are praying all over the earth today for a move of God. I'm telling you how the move of God comes. It doesn't come just because people pray. Prayer actually will frustrate people when you're praying for a move of God because they'll feel like they need to do something but they don't know what to do. When you don't know what to do, you submit to somebody who does have direction and yield to become a part of something. You know, uh, there, there are some toys up there with some obscure parts. I, I can't imagine putting the helicopter blades on the, the, the truck and trailer, but I thought, wouldn't that be cool? If you could, just fly, fly them out. I thought, you know, God can do something like that. If that's what he needs in a generation, he puts these things together that we wouldn't think of. That's how creative he is. So don't think you're just uh, one of the boring little blocks. Who knows what God created you to be? Scripture says we eat the good of the land or we experience the best God has to offer in the earth when we become two things, willing and obedient. I think when we become willing and obedient, we discover that God made us to have sheer joy in how we fit into the body of Christ. Sometimes we get juggled from place to place until we discover what that is. You might have done 25 jobs in church by now if you've been here 10 years. Thank you for that. That means that you have chosen to be diverse and willing and obedient. But occasionally we find something, we get, become a part of something, we say, this seems to define me. And many times we discover that to our surprise. And they, man, this is really meaningful to me. I didn't expect to have this experience. And we too much think it's about us and our individuality when really it's God and his collective bringing us together. He wants your interaction with people to define what your life is in the kingdom of God. Everybody's just pretty enamored by kids working on the stage. Next time I have to have them do it in the back, Josh, and walk it to the front. I expected that to happen. My kids are charming. Tell you something about the gospel. God's going to give you ways to be wonderful with it, creative with it, presenting it. God's word over us redefines us. When we come to church, God's word should begin to redefine us, not us try to define the word. 
We're in a generation where many people are trying to say their own interpretation of what God's Word says. When I read the Scripture, it is adding definition to me. It's changing me into what God has in mind. What God has in mind when you think of, of how you are, you've got to have connectivity to people. Those little Legos have some little bumps where they connect to something else. Because we're meant to be fitly joined together. When you're putting together a puzzle, it works in the same concept. This is a more complicated puzzle with, with parts that easily fit together. But a picture puzzle, I don't know if you've ever done them. I get frustrated doing them if there's too much border. Because the border's all the same color. I'm like, man, the border needs to be little and the picture big so I can figure out how to put it together. Because after a while, you, you, I, the kind of puzzle put together guy I am is I want to get it done, get it done quick and say, look what I did and be done with it. Not be frustrated and do it over six months, you know, every night for 30 minutes and find out where one piece goes. That's for someone other than me. I want, I want the thing done, shellac it, you know, don't even throw it, take it apart and put it in the box. Let it stay together. Now, God desires us to somehow fit his picture for this generation. He gives us a lot of liberty. I mean, if you're just one of the square building blocks, you can fit almost anywhere, and we have people like that. What, what is that? The universal part is the most important part, not the most specialized. We get it backwards. We think, until I find my exact perfect purpose, I'm just not going to be involved. You may sit there your whole generation. And you might be the, the helicopter prop to take it off the ground, but you never found your place, and you're just sitting there never spinning around doing anything, never lifting anybody up. But if you are the helicopter prop and you find your place, you don't want to work alone. You want the, the, the directional prop in the back to be there too. And what happens, there's lift, there's direction, and everything is moved. Think of how things radically change with just one right part but how many universal parts it takes. When I read how the New Testament church is supposed to do church, we're supposed to all come being our part. That's what defines the true church. The true church are action people. Taking action in that the Holy Spirit was given in Acts 2, that we would have power to take action. Otherwise, we're just kind of a picture on a box to look at. To take action, there's got to be a, a coming together and an animation. Now, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. Because in the scripture, the word chosen in the New Testament most times is from the same root word as the Lego, as word, the Logos word. So when you see in scripture, God has chosen you, he has chosen you to be a word or a building block for his kingdom. He's called you something. When we talk about the calling of God, people wonder, what is that mysterious thing? It's not mysterious at all. It's what has God fitted you to be in the body of Christ. That's the beginning of calling. To find out what it is, you've got to find out how you fit in with the group of people you're with. If you put the helicopter prop in the semi-box and sell it to build a helicopter, you're going to have a frustration. Or you'll create a hybrid somehow by innovation. So many times people by innovation find a place to fit but don't find their place to fit because God has made us to fit and we're supposed to juggle the parts until we figure it out. So if you're running a piece of vision, sometimes you move people around a little bit to try to help everybody find their place. Then sometimes people lock into their place and say, thank you, Lord. 
I mean, if you've ever had a broken down piece of equipment and you need a particular bearing, let's say, you're going to go get the particular bearing and not wave a magic wand over where it's supposed to be and keep going. Or something else is going to tear up and uh, you're going to be in big trouble. So what do we, we go to the extreme to find the part that fits what we need to get the job done. God looks at his children the same way. Who can he use any given day to fulfill part of the plan? You might be one of these universal people where you just never, never seem to know what God's going to do with you next. Thank you. You're valuable to the kingdom. Why? Because we somehow let God make us fit into a situation. And if you've ever been the bearing that didn't, wasn't really a bearing, bearings get hot. If you're not created to get hot, you're going to want out of that job quick. Say, where do I fit? There are a lot of dynamics in this that are true. But God has chosen the foolish things. I taught on this Wednesday night. If you didn't get it, you ought to get it or you won't fully get it today. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He's chosen foolish things. I used to ask him, why'd you pick me? Well, I know when I read these verses. He, He picks what doesn't look right to the naked eye, to the human eye, because to the God eye, he says, I made him to be something. I know who they are. I know what they are. So much so that God, God's word says that he doesn't choose too many that have it all together. He likes to choose the people who know that they don't have it all together because then he can show them who they're meant, meant to be. We're not too full of ourselves to let God make us what he created us to be. Let us find the right fit. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and he has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And he has chosen base things or plain things or ordinary things or ordinary people of this world and the things which are despised or hated. Yea, he has chosen things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. What's he saying here? He will choose to his liking based on what he knows about you and how you will fit into the kingdom of God and it doesn't matter if you don't fit into the world you are not popular you are not wise you are not beautiful you are not smart you are not talented in everything that you are not God has found something that you are and he wants to define you by who he says you are So for the Christian, we don't find our true value in living until we find out what it is that God has for us and we marvel it. But I'm not all of that. Why? Jesus is all of that. See, remember when he came to live in you, he says then you are complete through him. So when you feel like you are incomplete and you're not going to fit, guess what? You will fit into the body of Christ like you never fit anywhere before. When you're out in the world, as a Christian, you ought to feel a little bit like a misfit. No matter where you go, it's just not exactly your environment. Why? Your environment is his kingdom. Your place to be at home is in his kingdom. Your place to find an ideal fit is in his kingdom. And if you give yourself more to the Holy Spirit, you'll find lots of fits in his kingdom. What makes a person more like a universal part? Usually they're more full of the Holy Spirit. They're not more more talented or given to talent. They more recognize, here's a gap, I can fill it. Here's a hole, I can stretch and I can fill it. Universal parts are stretchy, they're pliable, they're bendable, they're moldable. Pastor says, can you do this for me, Brother Tim? He says, yes, Pastor, I'll do it. Then he goes on and says, Melanie, how are we going to do this? (laughs) Do we understand what he's asking for? 
That's a universal part. Why? There's a trust in God to make us fit. And then if it's a stretchy fit, he'll say, dear God, give pastor the right person for this job. Uh, Quickly. What is that? That's becoming the body of Christ. Because he's got something he wants done in the earth and he'll use whoever's available to do it and anoint them and make them strong to do it. So if you ever wonder, you get in a a ministry piece and think, how did I end up here? God needed you. And you responded to him. And when you get in it and feel stretched, remember it's unto him and not unto man. Now, God predestinated us to become part of his mission His family, yes, but his family's on a mission. We're here to finish what Jesus came and got started. We're here to be an active part. So when I talk about being a Lego word, being a Logos word, being a part of God's plan, you're not really involved in the plan until you become an action part. You have an active role. An active role that Jesus described as bearing fruit that would remain. The reason you know or the way that you have proof that you're part of God's plan is something is coming of your relationship with God when it comes to other people. You're affecting other people. That's the fruit that remains because all that we're going to have of this life that remains is our connection with and influence on people that brought them into the kingdom to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus and to his word to walk in covenant. That's the only hope we have for fruit. Nothing else is going to matter But God, I gave, I did. Those are actions. But what is the action? What did Jesus, our Lord, command us to do? We have to remember we serve Jesus as our Lord. He's not just an advisor. He's in charge. So if we want to be a part of his activity, we find out, Lord, what is it you're doing? And what's my place in that? What's my part in that? We don't just blindly say, oh, I'm going to obey and give a tithe. But instead we say, Lord, what would you have me to do? with my life and my money. So when we ask the Lord that question, we become animated by the Spirit of God and His power. Scripture teaches He will breathe His life into us by His Spirit, and we come alive unto God's plan, and He will bless everything else going on that He can. See, all of our our, our life for God is to open the door for Him to bless everything that He can that we're doing while we're here. Well, they're busy at it, and they're studious, and I'm just kind of, uh, they're laying out critical parts. I see some building coming together. Why? The, the, the vision is coming together. And they're, they're not too much looking at what the other one's doing. What are they doing? They're focusing on what they're doing. Now, uh, if I'd gone up there and give them a little instruction, I'd say, now make a train with cars that all fits together. They'd have to work together. But I didn't. I gave them creative liberty. God will give you creative liberty for things that are not touching anybody else. But when it comes to his church, it's all meant to be connected, you see. So when I boldly say, if you you come to living word, you need to be a part of the work. That's under God's authority. That isn't pastor making it up. That's God's plan. That's, That's your hope for anointing. That's your promise for the help of God. Is that you're part of his works. That's what it means to make Jesus Lord. It means he's in charge. We're under him. We're submitting to his plan. Now, Ephesians chapter 1 talks about God choosing us. That he predestined you. He predestinated you to fit into his body in the generation in which you were born. Somewhere to be a part of his action in the earth. If you're praying for a move of God, you are part of that. 
If you're not moving, you're not a part of that. You want to get in movement, in motion for the Lord. So, well, I go to church. That doesn't count as motion for the kingdom. That just shows devotion to the king. You can show up in court and say, king, you're my king. That's wonderful. But when the king says, then I need you to do this for me, motion reveals true devotion. What are we doing? What are we actively doing? So what am I setting you up for? For Jesus to tell you to do something. Why? It should never be 20 or 30% of the church does everything. It should be everybody does everything. Why? Then we have a move of God, you see. It's restricted to who's on the move with him. That's what it's restricted to. He has chosen us in him. He chose us. In other words, he has a word. He has an action word that describes you. There might be more than one action word to describe you. But when we come together to hear God's word, it should affect you and put you in motion somehow. When I preach, there should be an activation by the Holy Spirit in you every time I bring God's word. Not pastor's desires or what pastor wants. But when you hear the word of God, you should feel inspired to get in motion to do something. One of the greatest things a pastor can experience is to see frustration come immediately after a message because people say, I feel like I ought to be doing something. Thank God. That's what the preacher's supposed to inside is just to stir that up by bringing God's word in a way that it gets our heart, gets our attention. And, And he does that individually where he'll reveal to you what his agenda for you is. He wants you to know. It's a relationship with you. Ultimately, when we're in Christ... It's our relationship with God, but we experience most of that through his body on the earth. You'll never come close to Jesus like you want to be unless you come close to his family. Then you'll get to know parts of him, aspects of him you don't learn any other way. But interacting with people. He has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. How do we live that way? Being predestinated, he has predestinated us under the adoption of children. He's saying, this is how you recognize you're in the family. This is how you walk in love with God. You're part of the family. He, he, He predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, the anointed one himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. He chose us to be in his will. He, he loved you and brought you into his will. The proof of his love for you, you'll find in his will and doing his will. That's where affirmation comes. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has accepted us in the beloved. In other words, you've been designed and accepted. He's already called you a part of the body. Then he's saying, find your fit. Find your place. Find your function. Find what brings you joy and satisfaction in serving the Lord. And get in that place and take some action. The move of God to come that people are praying for has come. But many are ignorant to know how to plug into it. I'm telling you how to plug into it. Recognize you're a living, breathing part of God. Jesus lives inside of you. He chose a living person because otherwise what's he going to do? How's he going to get anything done? You say, oh, we're waiting for this magical move of God. I don't see that anywhere in the scripture. I see miracles. But even when there's a miracle, there was a man, there was a woman, there was a person. Somebody was involved as the moving part between earth and God. Asking God to do something. You can be one of those. Maybe you are one of those. Great. That's a great ministry. But most of us are not calling for miracles. We're part of the body. Now... 
According to the good pleasure of his will, he has accepted us in the beloved. I understand why you use the words beloved there, the beloved. You will feel loved only if and when you really connect to the body of Christ and that love can have a wax and a wane to it. And many times people in church want to blame everybody else because they don't feel loved and accepted. If you don't feel that, here it says it's our own fault. Because we're not finding our fit. You know, I, I, I can't, I, I've, I've encouraged people to find a fit and tried to help them where it looked like they fit or where they thought they fit. But the proof of their fit is in them. And then what comes of it? Do they feel loved by God? Do they feel connected? Do they feel like they're apart? Are they waiting for some, somebody else to affirm them? Understand this. It's not everybody else's job in the church to affirm your good work in the Lord. It's for you to receive affirmation from the master himself by being fitly joined to his body and knowing you're pleasing him. I know this is as unto the Lord. And then you start to feel like nobody can mess with this because it's between me and God. This is a holy thing that glorifies him. And you, you begin to pray about that and think about that and be protective of that. Why? It becomes a part of who you are, not just something that you're doing. God wants you to enjoy that in your relationship with him. So if you lack fulfillment, fulfillment comes by letting him, a master, the master, put his hand on you to fit vision somehow, to fit in somehow. We each are, are chosen for a place in God's family. I've established that. Each word has multiple missions where it could be used. Think about sentence structure in the Logos Bible. If I see myself as a weapon, because many, many times I perceive my role in the body of Christ is as a weapon... I'm not really interested in being a weapon of destruction unless I'm coming against darkness. But in prayer, I might have that application. But I'm a weapon to protect the church. I'm a weapon to protect you and your life. I'm not just the kind of weapon that, that fires off shots, but think of it this way. If you're the cannon and you've not been shooting anything, but the enemy sees that you're a cannon, the enemy's coming to steal the cannon. If you've ever shot off a fire, fired off a shot, or you look like a cannon, just think what, what body part you might be. The enemy might be after you. So how better to defend your place in the body except do what you're supposed to do and fire off shots as a cannon? Why? You hold the enemy back and you're protecting everybody in the meantime and you make a big blast every few seconds where other guns are going, da 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 You're going, bam, bam. Whenever that bam sound stops, all the little guns are like, what happened to the cannon? Well, if the cannon just got shut down or ran out of ammo, maybe your ammo for the cannon. Maybe your prayer life is, I, I let God use me to pray ceaselessly for the body of Christ. And you're firing off what is decimating the enemy's ranks trying to march into the kingdom of God, into people's lives. Or you might be a weapon. Sometimes I perceive that I'm a weapon that's more like a shield. And it goes up in defense to hold back, to stave off the works of the enemy. Sometimes I experience that in prayer. Many times I experience that in counsel. I experience that in giving people what I call spiritual advice. You call and say, Pastor, what do you think? Well, I don't want to tell them what I think. My thinking's not that reliable, but I listen to what's the Holy Spirit think. 
And if I can give people that, they got something that'll help them, you see. And I know it came from God, so it's divine. And that shield can hold off the fiery darts where my advice may not hold off anything. Well, I'm just a person. But when God animates this person, I become his building block or his shield. Why there's certain parts in, inside of me that come together to form certain things. Or it's not just a word. When you get enough of God living in you, he will give you phrases. You will become phrases in the kingdom of God. Or whole sentences or whole volumes of how God can use you. And he'll cause you to be raised up in this generation to be a, a, a leader in what God is doing. Because you have enough word in you that you recognize his word in me defines me. In what I do for him. And he gets to put his identification in you. I hope you got that. Each word has multiple missions. Okay. Can be many things. Now. The, the, the Lego individually. I, I just need to come up and get the classic. Typical. Eight bump Lego. There's one. It's aqua. That'll show up good against this shirt. Lego. When my brothers were little kids, they got these. I got the predecessors, the Tinker Toys and the Erector Sets and things like that. These came out later. But when these came out, when you first throw them on the floor, they don't look as exciting as the Erector Set did. It had gears, it had pulleys, it had where you looked at it and said, I know what I can make with this. With these, you had to look at it for a little while. And the best thing you could do is look at pictures in the little book that came. And you could see, oh, here's an interpretation of what this can be and where it will fit if I want to create one of these. Did you know God gives you a lot of liberty to do that with your life? He's the author and the finisher, but he gives you the middle. What do you want to do with all the building blocks? But he looks at you as one of his building blocks. And he has a design. He's the author and the finisher. He has a design of what he wants to make you to be now. I, I've got to ask these guys, can, can, you, can you hold up each one, one at a time what you got so far? Can we see what you got? Like bring, bring it over here and tell them what, it's, what, tell them what you're working on, okay? Come on. And we'll let you go back and finish. We'll let you play the whole entire time if you want to and, and finish building. What's this going to be? I can already kind of tell. What is it? It's a drag car. Imagine that coming from you. This is part of his vision, no, no doubt, right? He, he, not just any car, but uh, it, it's got really, really big tires on that back end like it can go anywhere, right? Run right over the top of less quality drag cars, right? <laughs> Run them off the road. Now, he, he's come pretty far, and he's got kind of got a color coordination and racing stripes going down the back. There's been a lot of thought. You know, little tires in the front, but look at those monster tires in the back. Was there only two monster tires? There's more, but they've got them. See, <laughs> if he could have, he'd have had another set of monster tires. Why? Well, see, sometimes in the body of Christ, we mostly get where we're headed, but people in the body are doing other things. And God has to deal with everybody in the body to find their exact fit for the moment we're in. If you've ever felt like you were the little tires on a big truck, you bear a lot more weight than you should. Somebody out there, God's created to be the big tires, but maybe they're doing something else. See, it's important for all of God's vision under one roof to come together. 
We're working on that as a church. We're streamlining some things you'll learn more about as we go into next year. What we want to do as much as we can for the kingdom. Thank you. We'll let you go work on modifying it or building a track or whatever you want to do. Or you can go be seated if you're satisfied. What you got? A submarine. All right. Is this, is this speaking into your future dreams? Or is it just, it's just creative. Nobody else was doing it. Has a special function. Um, sealed unit, making sure. <laughs> it's not, not going to take on air anywhere. Uh, rather aerodynamic or, or water dynamic, hydrodynamic design. It's got a little scoop front on it. Why? It, it's going into a different environment than the truck was. You change out environments, we've got a problem. The best we have is a museum. The best we have is a wreck. The truck goes to the bottom of the ocean. If this is up on land, people are, it's going to be curiosity, but it's not going to have as much function. But see, the, the, the vision is totally different vision, but notice how they, they both built something that's going to do something that requires people to be in them to do something. This requires like a whole crew, right? People specialized to do all different things or it's going to sit there. Or think if you've, if you've got a few officers, they might take it to the bottom, but what if they don't know how to bring it back up again? Everybody in there would perish, wouldn't they? See, our function is incredibly important. Great example. Now, you can, you can either work some more. You can go back to your seat. You can do whatever you want. He's, he's opting to go back. He's going to find, find something else. Tell me what you got. Now, I, these guys are like master builders. I saw him carrying how many? Four or five? That, yeah. What is it? All right. He's concerned. It's a gas truck, so he's showing me where the gas goes in because it's got to have gas and there's no hole, so he's showing me where it's supposed to be a, a hole in there. Well, he understands that fuel is needed to get the function. Now, uh, notice this another action thing with big tires. All right. What else is on there about it? What's this? It's a light that can turn both ways, so it can see all over the place. So you made a, like an all-terrain vehicle that can go all over the place, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go out in the woods and tear through the woods or this big roll bar right here. So it keeps somebody safe that's in there. Ever felt like you're somebody's roll bar? Yeah. Now, see, we, we, we wonder why God makes us to be what he is. These kids figure it out. If this is really going to be an all-terrain vehicle, it's probably going to roll over even if the best operator is in there. It's got eyes on it. <laughs> All right, so it can really see infrared, right? It can look out into the woods and warn you that the trees are coming. So that can run at night. Yeah, it can run at night, of course. Why? It's, it's kind of stealthy-like. It's made to accomplish a secret vision. That's the gas tank. All right. See, he knows what every part is. Isn't that interesting? So he put it together. He's thinking of all the functions that has to operate to work. The lights. Now, where did you learn how to do stuff like this? You just came up with it. Did you, do you have anybody at home that kind of plays with you and does some of that sometimes? Yeah. Who, who does that? Daddy. Daddy does that. You ever been to Daddy's Garage? It's full of all kind of stuff being built or torn apart out there. Now, doesn't our Heavenly Father work with us too? 
So this represents vision that they have, piece of their life, but this thing can fit into God's plan as much as or better than. Why? This will outsmart the works of the enemy because it's the hand of God in it. See? Thank you. What do you got? What tiny little motor, <laughs> all right. So is it aluminum, a lot of power, and not too much weight? Yeah, all right. What you got? This is a submarine. It's a sonar beam? A submarine. A submarine, oh. And it moves around and around and around. Mm -hmm. So is it made to cut through the water fast? What? It cuts through the water pretty fast. It'll hydroplane on top of the water. See, they've each got a water function. Now, did, did you know you're helping preach the message today, Alex? You guys really helped a lot. You can go back and build some more if you want to and just uh, enjoy yourself back there. Did you see how they, they have vision? They have ideas. They, they're, they're giving me a, a right interpretation in case I leave something out. That's what your life that's hid with God is about. You talk to him about interpreting what you believe you're to do and what you're made to do. We do that as a church. Now, there's the individual picture of what they're working on, the individual pieces and their, their current masterpiece, but there's a collective joining together that if they stay with it, we don't know what they're going to come up with exactly. If they're going to convert and make it change or if they're going to have a transformer that does more than one thing, turns into something else. Because I've seen kits that look like that. It looks like a monster tron, then it turns into a boat or something. God converts us to the image Jesus has in mind for us to fulfill. And we'll let them keep working while they're having fun and I like having fun at church. Behind them's a row of things we... I had, had Pastor Josh make a, a, a quick call. This was all just sort of last minute. While the Lord gives me a word, then I say, how can we illustrate this? And when I saw Lego was the same root word, I said, oh, we got something. I don't know what it'll look like, what it'll be, but we got something and it involves kids. See, sometimes we look at what kids do and think, that was God making me be like that when I was a kid. Putting things together or tearing things apart. Maybe you were that kid. I had one of those kids, he tore everything apart, and I said, don't lose anything. Because the real goal was, can we put it back together, was going to be the real challenge. How terrible it is when there's a part lost. Things don't go together the same way. Now, God equips us to accomplish what he has in mind. This is John 15, and this is Jesus speaking in verse 16. He said, you've not chosen me. In other words, you're not describing me as a word, but I have chosen you and I have called you what I've called you. See, in Scripture, several places, folks are arguing with God. It's getting really hot up here, guys. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't need heat until November 15th or so. <laughs> Anyhow, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. What does that mean? Approved you for that work doesn't mean we're ordained anything we want to do. It means God has ordained us according to what he called us. You're a descriptive word in the kingdom of God. You are a phrase. I'm not going to break it down to a single word. You are a phrase. You, and when you connect with other people in the body of Christ, your phrase takes on definition. What you do takes on meaning. What you do makes sense. What God put in your heart has a value it didn't have before. 
And you might be adaptable to many different situations, but essentially you will fulfill a certain kind of function. What are you needed for in the situation? Some of you are highly administrative. So what's your best function? To be in charge, to be the boss of a piece of ministry administratively. But most administratives are not very creative. Leave administrative to their own, their task, they get it done, and it's a little bit dry and boring. So what do you do? You want to mix a creative with the administrative to make it interesting or people won't care about the end product. They'll just feel like they've been told what to do. But you put a creative in there, they're trying to put twist and turn. How can we make it more fun and more interesting and more colorful? And more? we got some art teachers here. What do they do? They bring an element in. You put, put administrative and creative together, you got something wonderful. But if they're going to get up and preach... They might also want some, some doctrine or some truth or some, some scripture. Otherwise, they're going to, going to get up and tell you what Gandhi did or what Mother Teresa did. And that's going to be the spiritual message instead of who Jesus is. I'm not interested in what men did. I'm interested in who Jesus is because we're in the present tense. We want a God that's in the present tense. We want to connect with him in the present tense. Now... John 15, verse 16, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Well, we're getting ready to go. You should be on the go. Why, these are action words. Your word should have a go in it. That God is ordaining a go in you. Uh, This situation is a go. This ministry piece is a go. This witnessing tool is a goal. This relationship is a go. I'm going to talk to this person about Jesus. I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to back down in, in, in my study of the word. I'm on green. I'm a green light and I'm going to keep learning because as I learn, God can make more out of my life. See, he'll make out of your life according to your vocabulary of what he has said. That's his building material. And you're a piece of that, but you are also ingesting. You are taking in the rhema word of that so that you have a greater capacity of God in you to become the real you that he created you to be then when you become anointed as the person you are called to be, you can be a part of the body of Christ in a greater way than you ever thought possible. You'll become something that you know you are not, and you have become that because he is living bigger in you. How he lives bigger in you is to understand more of what the Logos, the big picture Bible says, and how it applies to you than the kingdom in you just expanded. Ever wonder, Scripture says the kingdom of God is within you, Am I a half-acre parcel with a three-bedroom house on it, or am I a whole section of good farmland? What kind of real estate am I? Depends on how much of God's Word you've ingested. It defines you as far as God is concerned. Because if you know it, He can use you to produce it. That's what Jesus is saying here. We want to produce fruit that remains. If we don't know, we won't produce it. We have to know so we can produce it. So not only do you want to hear God's word to define you, you want to become God's word to define Jesus. Do you see the dual picture? You are both simultaneously. Pretty big assignment to be Jesus in the earth. I would rather say be like him. That sounds softer, but it's not really what it means. It means to be him walking and talking in this generation. Well, none of us do all of that like Jesus did, but we do a part of that that defines who he is in the earth. Now, we choose to fit into active missions. He he says that your fruit should remain and then. See, people pray the last part of this passage and teach the last part of this passage without attaching the mission to it. That whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. 
See, I, I teach this clearly and I want to say it again. You want God to do some things for you, you do something he wants for him. And he, you can ask what you want. He's a rewarder. Rewarder means we did something to get the reward. Did you ever wonder what do I need to do to get? Just be who he created you to be. Fit in with the body somewhere. Do Have an active role. Well, I'm going to wait till I'm 45 and I, you know, I'm in, in the prime of life. Well, then you'll not be in the prime of life till 45. I pity you. Choose to be in why? Our life is hid with Christ in God. That means as soon as we connect with the anointing, we come into the prime of life as far as God's concerned. Scripture literally says we become apparent on his radar. Scripture literally says we come on the stage play of God's work for this generation when we become a part of his plan. Otherwise, we're like the understudy. We're sitting there, we're learning the parts. And if you get to learn the parts and you never get to participate, that's a lot of commitment with not much reward. If you've ever done that, I mean, if you go to all the trouble of learning everything, you kind of sort of want to get to get up there and do it. We're supposed to feel that way. Now, we choose to fit into things God's doing. Now, I, I, I want to know who made the masterpieces and they need to come up here. And Pastor Josh, you can help me. If you would, please. If, if you made one of these, stand with it. Or if you made more than one, stand with it. Go buy your things. You can pick them up and hold them. Sure. Take possession of what you did. That's good. You see him walk. Alex walked up there and picked it up right now. That was his deal. Yeah, come up here and pick up what you made, your masterpiece. Now, we called for these. Somehow had this idea. There's going to be some out there. And uh, I, it looks like I named off some right names, didn't I? All right, see. I suspected that there would be one in, in the Plenart house, or very quickly there would be, just by nature. What's that? A curio cabinet full of them. I really hit that bullseye, see. I, I just kind of had a feeling. I think I remember about five years ago coming over for dinner one night and Dad apologizing that Legos were all over in the living room. I, I, I remember that. And mom was concerned and dad was concerned. Actually, it, it helped inspire the day. Well, I said right out of my mouth, I was preparing this message. I know I've been to some of our people's houses and kids had Legos all over the floor. So Sally, thank you. That, was, that, that helped us build the day. Where is she? Wait, there, there. Thank you. That was an anointed moment that you didn't know was so anointed, but it was. You laugh, but God looks at our, he looks at our everyday life. Now, these are, these are masterpieces. Great day. Now, t uh, tell me what it is and what it does. It, it's a helicopter and it hauls freight, big body. Doesn't just haul people, it hauls stuff. So, if I want to transport tanks, they would roll in there. Is that kind of the idea? Something really big, something really heavy. Uh, what, what, what's this deal? It was also military, so uh, it, it, it's got some big guns on there. Why, what it's hauling is precious and important. Uh, what else can you tell me about it? In your mind, what else is it? You created it. It's more than what it looks like. Kind of, he's got racing stripes on it. I noticed that right away. So it's not like a slow slug helicopter, even though it's transport. It can move some stuff. Yeah. Anything else about it? No, we, we captured one it. Thing. One more thing, see? It's very fragile. It's very fragile, so you may not come and mess it up, all right? You can look at it while you hold it, right? He's, he, he's going to show how something can break off. Now, there's a lesson in that. 
why outside force came and removed one of the blades. What happened? The whole helicopter's going down unless he gets it back up there quick enough and he's doing that before it goes down. See, sometimes you are the rescue agent, but understand what the Holy Spirit does. He, he, he won't let the ship go down. We're sensitive to him. Why? He's in on the creation of it. Thank you very much. What you got? You got to hear this. <laughs> Here, speak into the mic so Dad can hear it in the back. Uh, it's the truck is a helicopter, and it has a ramp. It's um, a haul, um, like um, a lobster truck, and, and it can haul stuff on its forks. So it can haul a lot of stuff, and it has a ramp to load the stuff. Because yep. you've seen Grandpa and Dad and people load trucks, right? So you know it needs all that so you don't have to do it by hand. So it's a, like a special order truck to do special stuff. Yep. And Dad can come home earlier if he has that kind of truck, right? Yep. And you'll ride in it with him everywhere he goes if Mama lets you, won't you? Yeah, see? <laughs> it's part of his life. Thank you. What you got? semi-truck and trailer he built it about a year ago so you put enough love and labor in that you've kept it together all yes. this time because uh concerted effort he's got decals what's your decal fires coming out of the hood um can't be a normal truck and trailer you see this this is envisioned in in a teenager so he's got extra extra it, juice under there um it, it's supposed to support a uh a, well, semi and um, car that I had a while back. All right. Um, that I decided to take apart, and I decided to use use it on the semi because it looked cool. So he used to also have yeah. Bring that on. You can just walk it with me if you want to. It it used to have a a car that he hauled on the back of it. My guess is demo car, race car. What was it? Um, It hauls just about anything I want it to. It'll haul whatever he wants it to. So it's more diverse than it used to be. Now, he put this thing together, but he just said he took, took apart what was here to modify the truck. Why? He, somehow in his mind, the truck had more value, more usefulness, more, it's more significant. Well, you can always build a car, right? Not always, all right. But uh, car's easier to build than that. Yeah, all right. Uh, all kinds of colors on the top. Was that because you ran out of red? And to make it look faster. And to make it look faster. See, there's more of a reason than meets the eye. Thank you. Masterpiece. See, all in the... All in, did, now, did the box that came have that on, on the box, or did you have to come up with it? I came up with all that. He came up with all that, see. Was that on a box, or did you come up with that? Is that all original, or did you have a picture? Did you make it up? Yeah. Yep. See, so far, they all made it up. They had a vision. What you got? This is a air wing. Air wing. A. A, a wing. A. Oh, okay. A. Is it out of Star Wars or out of a movie? Um, the Star Wars movie, and 
Michael made it. Um, okay. About, I don't know, about like a, f a few weeks ago. Okay. And, um. Do you think it was cool and you wanted to keep it? Uh-huh. And he let you have it? Uh-huh. Is he a good big brother? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And there was also, and I, I also bought two other ones, and they, it, they didn't look like this. They had orange and white and black on it. Yeah. Um, so do you have a whole fleet of them now? Um, the other two got destroyed. Oh, no. Um, All right. All right. But they, you can try to put them back together. Uh, we can't find the pieces. Can't find the pieces. Perfect illustration, Alex. Thank you. It's a masterpiece. See, it looked like Star Wars and Stealthy, so I was guessing, but I was, I was right guessing. What is that, buddy? It's, um, uh, a truck that can carry crawlers and vehicles, kind of, yeah. like, types of things like that. Yeah. But Looks like you have skids on the front of it. Yeah, Does it go yeah. on the snow? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's got a track underneath like snowmobile. So yeah. is it made for the North Pole? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So is it ice road truckers kind of truck? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. See? That's what it is. What, what's on top there? Oh, those are just some um, wool cages. So whenever you get up in the Arctic, you can jump in that and you can like run like a dune buggy in the Arctic? Yeah, I can like these doors open. Yep, see, he's got function, doors open. So he's thinking he's got one truck to get him there and another one to play around when he gets there. So you see, he's, he's already got the concept of two is better than one. All right, big function. So did you have help putting that together? Yeah, my dad helped. I me. wondered about that. It's pretty complex not, looking from here. My dad put these tracks. All right. He did the tracks. And but I put the cab together. You put the cab together. Did put, you do most of it, really? Yeah. I, I kind of did. Yeah. yeah. Did you tell dad how you wanted it to be when you're done? Yeah. See, isn't it amazing kids have the capacity of God in them to pull even older folks in to help with the vision? So, so is it fun to come up with ideas like that? Yeah. Yep. Well, that's a masterpiece. Thank you for bringing it out today. Looks like you got a second one down there almost like it. Is that yours too? No, that's Daddy's. That's Daddy's. Well, Daddy, you're a big kid. You should have been up here. See, uh, we're, we're seeing inspiration draws inspiration. See, when you find your place, other people that have similar abilities will tend to recognize that you do. If any one of these guys go to somebody's house that plays with Legos and sees it, oh, you like Legos? That's awesome. Can we play with Legos? As long as you don't tear up this or this, we can, right? You don't want somebody else to come to your house and tear up what you made, but they can play with you if they want to make something cool, just not tear up what you got, right? So you want to protect what you got because you made a big investment in it. What you have? A uh, fighter jet. Tell me again. A fighter jet. A fighter jet. Well, I see there's a guy in there. How long ago did you build that? A while ago. A while ago. Did you ever wonder what it feels like to be that guy? Kind of, yeah. Yeah? Leaving the ground and flying fast. Now, he's got real speed. Hold it up where they can see all this top design. See, 
uh, when you fly in that, you're trying to impress God. That's the, that's the view from, from outer space. Or let the aliens see that we're not so far behind us. They might think, right, we're, we're not so bad off. But there's, there's aerodynamics. Now, was this a picture? Was it in, 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 uh, in the pack you got? Or? Yeah, I can't, it was in a pack. But if uh, you want to say I built this, we'll, we'll get I don't have many creative abilities. School takes all that out of me. <laughs> oh, all right. But what, what, what was your ability? Just determination? Yeah. Determination. Because you wanted to create something. Yeah? You wanted it to be cool. So you really are probably don't let anybody touch this but you. Is oh. that right? Why? Because it took more for him to produce that than it maybe would somebody else. Ever feel like that? You know, so, somebody comes to your house and you've, be, you've been baking something really nice and you see the kid running over there wanting to take a bite out of you. say, no, that's for later. And they look at you. It's for later, dude. <laughs> we become, why? When we invest in something, we feel like we're in, in a way like God is. We want to protect the investment. We want to protect what's going on. That's how he sees each of us. He, he wants us to experience what he experiences, put something together. Now, uh, in, in, in every case that you were building this, you're all guys. So, but did you talk to yourself at all in the process? Did you talk to yourself while you were making it, say this is good or this is no good? Not really. Aren't you just, just sat down and put it all together like in one, you see. Uh, true creative, architectural thinker. But, but, but why? sometimes we identify we got the wrong color in the wrong place or the wrong, what do we, we swap it out till we feel like it's good, right? That's how God does things. So, uh, uh, clap your hands for these guys. They did a great job. Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you for bringing stuff. And understand, what makes you want to do stuff like this is how God does stuff. You're like Him. and you, He's the master builder. You're master builders too. So thanks so much. You can be seated, guys. And if you have a phone with a camera, t- take a picture of these guys. I want to remember this. And when they're 25 and 30, we're going to look back and see what they're doing then. Why, this has an impact on what they're doing then. What you do today for the kingdom has an impact on what you'll do tomorrow. You may build something small and then build something bigger because you let God's vocabulary grow in you, what his word says. We're about to wrap this up, but I want to call for eight more volunteers as we close. I need eight volunteers that are going on the Guatemala trip to come quickly and just stand in a row up here in any, any order you want to be. We need a total of eight, so whenever we got eight, we're satisfied. We need you. That'll be eight. Now, we're going on a mission. Understand when you put people together to do something for God, God has a word that defines that. So when, when, when I'm crafting a message for something he wants to say, I look for his word. But when we're wanting to do something for the Lord, we ought to look for what defines what we believe God wants us to do. We're going on a trip to accomplish a mission. It's a mission trip. We're going not just to do our own thing, but to do whatever the God thing is. 
I heard uh, Brandy say as she was leading one of the first meetings, if you feel compelled to go, it's the Holy Spirit dealing with you to go. And if you don't know what you're going to do, it's okay. It'll be revealed to you as we go or when we get there. Remember that? I remember that thought. I bet that scared everybody a lot. Like, what in the world am I getting into? Because God has an adventure in mind. When we think he's asking something of us that we're not comfortable with, he knows we were designed to do that bit. And we're going to discover something about him in our relationship with him and something about who we are. And it feels like we're being stretched, but we're really being fitted. So for this trip, what we can do is defined by who obeyed God to go. Because in every person that obeyed God to go, there's capacity. Some that we know. Some that we don't know yet. Till we get there, we find out, God, um, this isn't for me. And he says, but you're the one here. You get to do this. You get to pray this prayer. You get to go out to that sick person. You get to do. Why? Because he works with who he's got. And to our amazement, he puts in us what we need. So even if we didn't feel like we were fitted, the Holy Spirit is the fit. And he works through us. And he works in us. So I... I I picked a verse. Actually, the Holy Spirit told me the verse. I can't lay claim to it because he he gave me this verse before he gave me the sermon so that I would know what I was teaching, what I was illustrating, and this is an example. So I've I've taken Isaiah 55, 11. I'll read it to you, and then we're going to break it down into actions because this is one of the aspects of our, our, our mission. It's not one of the own, but this is one that I've been praying. So shall my word be, this is God speaking, that goes forth... Out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. I would like that for our trip. So one of the things I'm praying is, Lord, produce that in us. If we don't have it, then fill us with your spirit so we have it. Because it's obviously we want to be sent on a mission from God. It's a mission trip. We, we're being sent. Why? There's a special anointing on being sent. And did you know if you serve Jesus, he commanded you to go? Part of being, uh, Jesus being Lord is we agree to go and do what he says to go and do. So what happens is he'll tell you to, he's going to tell you somewhere in your Christian walk to go to somebody. To go to a nation. To go into a city. He's going to tell you go. Why? You're a sent one. Sent one means uh, uh, you're under an apostolic anointing. It means God will use you to put in order things he wants in motion. So we're going to Guatemala to help the pastors there put something in motion that is of the move of God. Something that God wants to do and God wants to produce. And we know a little bit about it and we're going to find out a lot more about it. Why we're becoming a part of what someone else is doing to be like the action parts to help get something done. Something that they dream about. When you've given toward this trip or you're sponsoring somebody to go, you're becoming a part, an investor in something God has in mind for the people there that they can't produce without help. They want help. They've been praying and asking God to do this for many years. What did he do? He found somebody who would go because he needs somebody to go to help produce it. Why? He's going to bring two groups of people together to do something new 
that he has in mind for the people there. And while we are doing that for him, he's going to be working and doing his good pleasure in us and we'll become changed. Why? Uh, because when we participate in the work of God doing the logos, he'll give us the rhema for our own life that we're looking for and the answers that we need, the anointing that we need, the healing that we need, the whatever that we need. Why? Because we were a part of doing what he needs. So you see, the, the ministries of this church are like that. If you're not involved in anything, you're really missing the, the, the whole thing of being in the body of Christ. It's not about coming and hearing somebody preach. It's being inspired to do something that gives you a strong connectivity to the Holy Spirit of God, to his anointing, to his power, and to his work. So each of these guys are a phrase, and since you're first, we're going to be first. And I, I didn't line them up in order because it's kind of like however you lined up, that's what you get to do. So if you wonder that about the trip, there might be an aspect like that, and then you might say, no, what Claire's doing, I should be doing it. Oh, yes, yes. Well, you have to do that with Greg and Brandy's approval and direction because they're, they're directing and administrating, all right? And they're, they're ultimately, they're, their role is to protect what we agreed would be the mission and it's to submit to the pastors there particularly pastor Guillermo and what is his vision for this revival and and the building that we're doing so Claire you are so shall my word be that means this is it this is God's plan this is God's word that goes forth so you're a goer out of my mouth you're authoritative <laughs> It shall not return unto me void. You're the guarantee it's going to happen. <clears throat> but it shall accomplish. We're going to make something happen. That which I please, it's going to be what God wants. And it shall prosper. It's going to thrive because there's going to be prayer and protection over it. In the thing whereunto I sent it, specific stuff, targeted action, specific places that you fit. Now, I, I just spoke over them a word from the Lord, and maybe in every case it fits, but you know what it fits most? The group going. If it's the group going, together we are that. Now, any one of the parts, if, if I say, in the thing whereunto I sent it, and how's he going to produce that? We wonder, well, what the heck am I being sent to? What, what's the, what is it I'm supposed to, well, uh, w without having more? He doesn't just want to be sent and be working. He wants what came before him. It shall prosper in. He wants it to work. So there's got to be a connection here for that to work. Then, then to, to prosper, it needs to prosper specifically. And what does God want? What will please God? So you see the connectivity works both ways. We work it backwards. It works the same way as it does forward. And if it's what God wants and what's going to please him, there's got to be something that's going to be accomplished. I'm dyslexic, so I have to look it backwards carefully so I get it right. <laughs> so it's not going to be just what pleases God. There's got to be somebody to accomplish it. So somebody's going to call it. Somebody's going to do it. And then what's going to happen? There's going to be a connectivity. It shall not return unto me void. It's going to have lasting value. There's going to be a focus. There's going to be a determination. It's going to happen the way God intended it to happen. There's going to be a communication all up and down the line. Interesting that that that. Uh, protecting it and, and accomplishing it are right in the middle. Why? Uh, you, you can't just do something for God. You want to protect it and treat it like it's something. You remember the Masterpiece boys up there? That, that was their thing. You're not going to mess up their thing that they were producing. Then uh, out of my mouth, there's got to be specific words that are God's words. 
Because if they're our words, they don't produce. But if they're God's words, they produce what God wants. Then there's got to be some going forth. We've got to get an airplane. We've got to travel. We've got to move. There's got to be a mobility. Everybody's got to be healthy and moving and, and connected and apart and praying together because uh, the, the going is all connected to that. So shall my word be. There's a declaration of this is what God will do. Now, I, I would guess this about you. You probably pray that way. God, it's been said, so this is what we're having. I believe that I receive it in Jesus' name, and as a team, we're going to have it. Now, if you remember your part, just say it in your own words going down. And if you need a cheat sheet, pass it down. It's Isaiah 51, 11. So shall my word be. That goes forth. Out of my mouth. Out of my mouth, yes. Sorry. It shall not return void, but it shall accomplish. Amen. That which I please, and it shall prosper. They did amazing for, for, for no rehearsal. They were given no warning. Now, I'm going to declare to you, everybody that's going, you're part of that. Who else is going? Come join the group. We're going to pray and we'll close this service. Who else is going? Come on. Vital links, vital parts. Now, we're going to call this sent. Why? We just talked about being sent. So what's, uh, what's our role as a congregation? To send and be sent. So, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this group going to Guatemala. Father, we just established and decreed and declared our unity in this trip of being fitly joined together as your representatives, Jesus to Guatemala. Father, we'll be Jesus, not just going in Jesus' name. We'll live and breathe and be just like Jesus. Father, I thank you for anointing every person in every part. Father, anointing us in things we've never done before and anointing us in old familiar things. Father, you will accomplish what you have in mind and we will be a part of it. Father, this church is sending this group to go. We enter into new territory where you're sending us to accomplish your perfect will and we call it done. We call it anointed. We call it blessed and protected. We call it, Father, to be uh, accurate in every way. Father, thank you for the connections on that end that we are connecting to. We'll be fitly joined together with the churches of Guatemala to produce something that gives you great glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Bet you didn't know the service was going to end like that. It's fun how God fits things together. I wanted you to see the, how building, how God does things over time, he revealed that. I want you to see what can come when we come together. And I remember the first Guatemala meeting, it felt like this is a random group. You know, everybody was wondering, well, what are we going to do? Why? We, we, we didn't know. But what we, did we do? We came under the banner of Jesus, you want us to do something. And we started to pray and find out what is that? And then how do we do that? And how do I fit? Sometimes the doing dictates the fit. Some of you are discovering that, thinking, okay, I see this and this and this needs to be done. Well, I can do that. I can do all things through Christ. That means anointing who strengthens me. I want you to know something about your future this morning. You can do all things through the anointing of Christ that strengthens you. But part of that is being connected together. I want to pray. I'm going to let you go. I don't know. It just seems like a classic. I like to go a little extra long. Uh, I, I don't apologize for it. Why well, We just learned six weeks worth in one Sunday. I'm happy about that. Heavenly Father, thank you 
for this church that's hungry and thirsty for you, Father, for a congregation that loves being here, Father, that forgives Pastor for just uh, uh, getting excited and illustrating things a lot. But, Father, we're going to remember Lego Sunday just like those remember Mountain Dew Sunday years ago. This will lock into our mind that we are a part of your body, that we're created for action, that you breathe life into us called anointing, and that we are animated. You put life in us to do something that you designed us to do. Father, we're going to increasingly find our places for that, and it'll bring us joy. Father, I thank you for a church that continually grows in the serving. Father, there's serving superstars in this church. Fitting in here and there and everywhere, there are gap fillers, there are special parts, there are, there are special things being accomplished for the kingdom because you bring together a special people. And Father, we're designed to do your will and thrive in it and take joy in it. Father, thank you for affirming your body, giving us great joy every day as we serve you. And Father, as we serve you, we know you will bless the rest put our life in order and make all things work together for the good of those that love you and serve you accordingly. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We pray that today you were challenged to move closer to God and encouraged with the depth of his love for you. If you would like to know more or hear additional messages, please call us at 217-395-2231. You can also write to us at Living Word Church, P.O. Box 158, Roberts, Illinois, 60962. Or visit our website at go2lwc.org. And as always, we would love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and give you peace.